Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. I'm super excited to be here today. And you know, God has has been speaking to me about this word that I'm going to present to you and this word that I'm about to bring, you know, to you. And it's something that I believe is going to touch everyone, is going to bless everyone. So before we get started, I just, we have some props. I'm going to ask um, some of my guys to help me bring it up. But, you know, over the past weeks, I've just been thinking, and, you know, it's something that I feel that most of us are dealing with, and I feel that it's something that, you know, it's a season that most of us are in. And you find that most times you have a little dilemma that I want us to discuss, a little, a little dilemma that, that comes about where it's like <clears throat> God shows you a vision for your life, right? God shows you where he wants you to be. So most times you find that maybe um, you, you they see that he speaks to you through someone, he speaks to you directly, or you just feel that, you know, okay, maybe um, I've been called to be at this place, you know, I have this dream that I have, you know, so I've been called to be, let's say a doctor, I've been called to be a lawyer, I've been called to shake things in the world. So most times you find that you have a vision and a dream of, you know, where God is calling you to be. And, you know, you see that, yo, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know, I have been called to be a publicist, right? I I belong in the class of the elite. But what happens most times is that just then it hits you and it's like, you get a reality check. And it's like, yes, I know that I'm supposed to be a publicist and I know I'm supposed to be in the class of elite. But you know what? I look right now and I come back to the now and I realize that nothing around me looks like an elite publicist, right? You find that most times we, we, we find ourselves in a position where it's like, we know where God wants us to be, but... We look around us and nothing around us shows any sign of, number one, how we are going to get there. And number two, and nothing shows that we are even supposed to be anywhere close to that place. Right? So most of us have received, like, you know, dreams from God. We have visions of things we want to do. And it's like, God, how do I really get there? Like, I, 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 I know that I'm supposed to be um, a lawyer. Right? But <laughs> I look at the situation right now and the GPA really isn't popping. Right? So it's like, how do I get there? How do I get from, you know, point A, which is the vision and the dream, to reality? So I'm going to ask my guys to help me up, up here. But as they come up, I want us to turn to the book of Revelation, chapter number 22, verse number, I believe it is 13. Yeah, 22, 13. Revelation 22, 13. So Revelation chapter number 22, verse 13. 22, 13. So again, I want to present this dilemma to you again. So you guys can show, show it to everyone. Again, we have the dream and the vision and, you know, what we have uh, planned for our life and what we believe that God has planned for us. And we have the reality check, which is the now, where we find ourselves. Where it's like, okay, nothing is really popping, you know. And we have these two scenarios and, and most times, you know, when you find yourself in this position, you, you find that there's so much frustration, right? You get so frustrated because it's like, okay, God, if you really said I'm supposed to be here, and, you know, if you said all this stuff about my life, so why, why is it that I am here? Why is it that, like, you know, I'm in this situation where it's like nothing is really going well for me? Why is it that in this, I'm in this situation where it's like nothing is really working well? But I came here to decree and declare to somebody that, you know, what God has said about your life is going to come to pass. No, 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 no. I don't think you guys heard me. The Bible says that if you believe a prophet, 
you will get a prophet's reward. Some other verses say you will succeed. I don't think you guys heard me. I said, I decree and declare with the mouth of a prophet that whatever dream, whatever vision it is that God has given you, whatever it is that God has said is going to be your portion. I decree and I declare by the power of the Holy Ghost that you are going to receive it. You are going to get there. There's no dream that God has given you that you are not going to accomplish. Let's read this word. So it says in Revelation number, chapter number 22, verse 13, that let's read it together, actually. Three, two, one, go. I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Awesome. So here we find in the scripture that God is telling us that, you know what? I am Alpha and Omega. What does Alpha mean? Alpha is the first, right? It's like the first letter of the alphabet and then omega is the end right so he's saying that he's the first and the last so we apply it to this scenario here and we find that jesus is saying that he is alpha with us in the now and at the same time he is omega so in his divine nature he knows that there's always two scenarios there's always two sides to it there's always the dream where you're going to and there's always the now the reality check but he in his divine nature says, I know that my people can't do it if I'm only one. I know that my people can't make it if I'm only, I'm only alpha. If I'm only alpha, yo, nobody's going to be able to get to omega, you know? And if I'm only omega, people wouldn't have enough motivation to get to alpha. So what God does is that omega, this is what omega does. Omega is here, right? God, omega is here. And he's like, he shows you a small glimpse of what it could possibly be. Right? So you realize that most times you don't fully know where you're supposed to go to, but you have an idea. It's like, ah, I know that I have to be something, 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 but like, I don't really know the full thing, right? So what Omega does is that he shows you a small glimpse. Again, a small glimpse of what you could be. And what is the purpose of this? Is to motivate you in the alpha stage. Are you getting it? So God knows that if you don't see where you're going, and if he doesn't give you enough motivation, to move from alpha to omega, from now to dream, you wouldn't make it because it's difficult in alpha. It's difficult. So if you're looking for a title of a sermon, this, this sermon is entitled Overcoming the Void. Now, what is the void? The void is the space between the now and the dream. Are you guys following? So you have the now, where you are right now, and then you have the dream. And this part, this space here, is a void. What is void? Empty and hollow, right? So the goal or our goal is to be able to move from now to dream. And that's why we see the fruition of everything that we've prayed for, everything that God has told us we're going to be. That's how we see the fruition, moving from now to dream. So I was asking God, I'm like, okay, I really get what you want, to tell, you want me to tell your people, but, you know, how do we go about this thing? How do we do this thing? And he led me to the story of Joseph. So I want us to turn our Bibles to Genesis number 37, verse number 4. Genesis 37, verse 4. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I'm going to read this super quick. We're going to verse 9. Now, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him. And could not speak a kind word to him. So, again, let me just give you some background to the story. So, we have Joseph, right? Which, uh, I mean, in Ghana, when you're called Joseph, they usually call you Brad Joe. 
So I'm going to call him Brad Joe. So we have, you know, Brad Joe here. And what he's saying here is that, or what, what is happening here is that Joseph is the 11th, 11th um, son of his, 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 his father, Jacob. And um, you find, he finds himself in a position where it's like none of his brothers like him. Right, so he 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 has a coat of many colors, blah blah blah. We know the story, and we read from there. So, verse number five, it says, Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Six, he said to them, "Listen to the dream that I had. We were binding sheaves of grain in the field when suddenly my sheave rose and stood upright while your sheaves were gathered round it and mine were guided around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Then he had another dream. Hey, brother Joseph, why? <laughs> Two dreams. And he told to his brothers again, listen. He said, I had another dream. And the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. Let's pause it there. So, we look at Joseph and we look at the story of Joseph. And Joseph is in this dilemma as well. So, Joseph has a dream. God shows him. He doesn't show, God doesn't show him once. He shows him twice. That means that this one is stamped. Boom. Right? It's a solid dream. And God shows him this dream and he says, you know what? I'm going to make all your brothers bow to you. I'm going to make you the king of your brothers. Right? So he sees this thing. He sees a dream that God has given him. But then immediately he gets a reality check and he realizes that, oh gosh, I'm in the now. What is the now for Joseph? None of his brothers like him. He's one of the youngest. He's the 11th out of 12. So how can the youngest be bowed down to? Right? So you find that most times, wherever your dream is, is where you find the most opposition. Right? Because you look at this story of Joseph and you find that his dream was that 11 brothers bowing down to him. What do you find in the now? All brothers hate him. Right? Are you guys following? Right? So all brothers hate him when his dream is 11 should bow down to me. So Joseph finds himself in this dilemma. And you know, Joseph, even to make matters worse, they don't just hate him. They sell him. They, all those things that they do to him. But what, what God was showing me is that Joseph also found himself in this dilemma. So I was like, okay, so Holy Spirit, what do I do, you know? How do, I, how do I break this down? How, how do I, you know, get from where Joseph was to where he was? Because you, from where Joseph was to where he is. Because you find that what happens with Joseph is that he actually ends up on top, right? So what you want to do is you want to examine what Joseph did to end up on top. You want to examine what he did to move from now to dream. So I kept reading more and I was like, okay, God, show me, you know, Holy Spirit, show me, show me how Joseph overcame, you know, from now to dream. How did he move from, you know, the current situation to where he was supposed to be, his appointed place. So I was just like, I was sitting there, I was like, Apai, 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 I was praying, I was praying, I was praying. I'm like, God, show me, Apai, Apai. And then I, <laughs> I got the revelation and, you know, I just kept reading the story and I was like, I got to a part in scripture where it says there were two people with Joseph. There was the baker and the cup uh, and the and the and the and the um, cup bearer or something like that. Yeah. So the baker and the cup bearer. So you find that again, the story happens that Joseph goes to he sold to Egypt, blah blah blah. Miss Potiphar, blah blah blah. He goes into jail. We know that story, right? So now he's in jail and he finds two guys. He finds the baker and the the cup bearer. 
So point number one for overcoming the void. Point number one for getting from, for, for getting from now to the dream is interpret dreams. Well, this is a really, really, it's, it's, a, it's a really deep point. And I, you know, I pray for grace to be able to explain it so you, can, you guys can get it. Point number one is to interpret dreams. Now, what happens usually is that in our quest to move from now to dream, God places us in a scenario where there's so many other people around us who also have dreams. Do you get it? So, I'm here and now, and around me, there's like six other people who have dreams. Right. Now, what you have to do is, and what you find from Joseph is that Joseph uses what he has to help other people. So what do I mean by interpreting dreams? Interpreting dreams means using what you have to push other people's destiny. Right? So what it means is that, yes, you have a dream, but you use the things that you have on the inside of you to help others. Right? And that's the only way. The only way you can get from your now to your dream is to be selfless. Right? I find that most times in, in our generation today, and again, when I say our generation, I'm, not, I'm not just like trying to bash you guys because I'm in the generation as well, right? But <laughs> what I find most times is that we are like, there's, there's this spirit of selfishness where it's like everybody's thinking about themselves. Like everyone is thinking, how do I pop? How do I do this? How do I do that? How, how is it that I get from here? And no one is really taking time to look at the people that God has placed around them. Nobody's taking time to see, okay, you know what? The, the, like, this is the scenario I find myself in. How do I help push my brother? How do I help push my sister? I find something really, really funny. And as I was praying for this, the Holy Spirit showed me this. You know, most people are always saying, God, use me. God, use me. God, give me this skill. If only I could sing like Pastor Ryan. If only I could run as fast as Chuka. If only I could dress as well as Samu. I don't know where he is. If only I could do all these things. If only, God, you bless me with, you know, um, administrative grace like Pastor Tian. If only you give me certain skills, Lord, I will serve you. You know, I use me, Lord. Everyone's praying this prayer every single time. But what we fail to understand is that if you want, number one, if God favors you with giftings, what, the reason why he favors you with giftings is for use right? So we understand that point. Everyone understands, okay, God is going to use me, blah, blah, blah. But what happens now is that we forget that God is a supreme being who is not on earth. God is on earth through vessels. God is on earth through human beings. So if you say, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, God, use me, you're going to be used by a man. And that's what I find most of us fail to understand. That we are always complaining. Everyone is always complaining. Oh, why is it that always me? Why is it that everybody's saying always me? Everything me, everything me, everything me. Why do I have most of the work? It's because you're favored. The reason why you have all the work and the reason why it's always you is because the favor of God is on you. The reason why you have all this work is because God's grace has located you. Right? So if... You're always praying for these different things and you always want to be used and you're always praying to God that, okay, God, use me. Okay, God, use me. You should expect that you'll be used by a man. Now, how does this relate to this? You might be wondering. If you want to be used by a man or if you want to be used of God, a man is going to use you, right? So be open to being used. What else should you be? Like, what else? What, what else? You have to be used. That's the only way. If you want to, if our generation wants to understand how to move from the now to the dream, we should be open to being used. It's as simple as that. You can't always think about yourself, my brother, my sister. It's a, you can't do that. 
If you want to move from now to dream, you have to interpret the dreams of other people. You have to use what you have. Joseph used his, his gift of dream interpretation. That's what he did. Joseph was in a place, let's, let's just put aside that he was interpreting dreams. Think about the higher revelation behind it. What he did was he used his gifting to push people to their destiny. Right? So what do we do? We have to learn from Joseph. We use what we have to push people to their destiny. People around us, you find that most times we have different seasons. So within this gap, within this void, there's seasons. Right? So I might be in season one. Right? Someone around me might be in season seven. Now God puts me in that location. He puts me in that place so I can help push that person to destiny. And as I push that person to destiny, I gradually move to season two as well. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? So point number one, if we want to be able to overcome the void, if you want to be able to move from where we are in the reality where everything seems like it's not going away to the dream, you have to forget about yourself. It's very ironic, right? Because it's like, okay, how do I get to my dream? I get to my dream without, by, by forgetting about myself. That really doesn't make sense. But that's just how God works. You go to the, you go to the corporate world, and I love, I love the corporate world so much because it's like they get the principles that we children of God don't get. Right? The principle is that if as you interpret someone's dream and as you work on someone's vision and as you help someone get to destiny, you are gradually getting to destiny as well. Look at a company like Apple, iPhones. These guys, these engineers for Apple, spend tireless hours, tireless hours working on one product for the company. Right. Now, after this iPhone sales come, Apple has like whatever billion in sales. These guys just pay, get paid like less than 500000 But then they still work. They still put in the effort. They still work towards someone's vision because they know that one day, one day it's also going to be my time. We have to get out of the attitude of selfishness. We have to understand that if we, want, we are favored by God and if we are always praying to God that God should use us and God should gift us and God should give us different, different things that we, 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 we want, we have to understand that it comes with being used. It calls for being used. And what are you used for? You are used to push other people to destiny. It's as simple as that. I don't know if anyone's getting me in this place. So I kept, I, I kept, I kept studying this thing. I kept, I, kept, I kept studying this thing. I was like, okay, God, show me more, you know. I see that, yes, I have to be able to work on other people's visions. To be able to move forward, you know. To be able to still go. Go for it. So, second point I want to I highlight is, if you want to get from your now to your dream, if you want to overcome the void, second thing you want to do is, you have to learn how to wait. You have to learn how to wait. It's impossible for you to get from your now to your vision without waiting. You find that many people in this, in this generation, again, this generation is all of us. I'm included, so <laughs> no hard feelings. But you find most of the people in this generation are very impatient, right? So I'll give you an example. Bitcoin. Anyone knows Bitcoin? Everyone's like, okay, get rich fast. Oh, there's a new thing. Okay, Bitcoin. Yo, I just put $2,000 in. Tomorrow I have $4,000 in. You see all the millennials. Hey, everyone's investing in Bitcoin. I, <laughs> I, I had a start. <laughs> I had a start recently at work, and they were like, the people who invest most in Bitcoins, Bitcoin are non-Caucasian millennials. And I found that really funny <laughs> because, <laughs> again, it's facts. So, I mean, I'm not too sure anymore. It's just, it's just a fact. So I just found it super funny that, you know, they'll say non-Caucasian millennials are the most people who invest in Bitcoin. Anyway, that's side note. So you, you find that everybody 
is super impatient. Everyone just wants everything fast. I want to get rich fast. I want to get there fast. You know, I want, to, I want to hold the mic fast. I want to, nah, bro, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. You have to wait. You read in Genesis chapter 41, I think verse 1, that Joseph, after interpreted the dream of the cupbearer, told the cupbearer, you know what, as you go there, as you go back to the, the, the palace, you know, please remember me. You know, I'm here to, you know, remember, remind Pharaoh. He's probably forgotten about me, so please remember me. Please, he, so he tells him all that stuff. And then you find that the guy forgets about him. And it's written in the Bible that two years later, Two years. The Bible is super specific. It says, after two years, that's when the guy remembers Joseph. <laughs> the guy doesn't remember Joseph after one. I'm sure Joseph was sitting there. He's like, okay, you know, the guy is gone now. You know, next week I'm going to get a call. Next week comes now, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks. And he still doesn't hear from, from, from the guy. I'm sure Joseph lost hope. Right? So most times we find ourselves in a situation where it's like, we know where we are supposed to be. We know that we are here right now. And we see the thing coming. But it's like, we're losing hope. And hope is important. Because we have to understand that waiting is how God teaches you different things. He teaches you things that you would normally not be able to learn. He teaches you how to be patient. In the waiting period, God teaches you patience. He teaches you faithfulness. He teaches you his faithfulness. There's a story in the Bible that I love so much, and a lot of people usually don't see it, but what it is is that there was this guy in the Bible called Saul. Everyone knows Saul? Saul, Paul, Paul, Saul. You know, Saul was busy crucifying um, disciples. He was always killing the people of God. You know, he was busy, like in in his early days, that is, he was busy doing everything that um, was against the move of God. And you find that there's this other guy on the other end called Barnabas. Everybody say Barnabas. Guys, don't sleep on me. I'm getting somewhere. So there's this guy called Barnabas on the other end. And what Barnabas does is that Barnabas was with Jesus from the very start, right? He was one of the 120. He wasn't like part of the 12, but he had walked with Jesus for a while. Now you find that I'm pretty sure that Barnabas was like, okay, why is that all these other guys are getting attention? Why is that James, John, Thomas, all these other guys are getting all the attention and, you know, nobody's looking at me, right? But what the Holy Spirit was showing me was that you find later that Barnabas and Saul or Paul become like, you know, um, partners. They do ministry together and Barnabas is known in the Bible more than anybody else. But what you find here is that Barnabas has to wait for his Saul or for Paul to be worked on. So most times as you're waiting, God is working on your helper. That's the point. God is working on your helper as you wait. So you might be wondering, okay, why is it that I'm not getting to medical school? You know, why is it that, like, you know, I, I, I really want to go to medical school and I've tried this thing over and over and over again and it's not working? Maybe it's because that professor you need to be at medical school who would help you do some research for the brain, something that will bring some break, breakthrough. It's not there yet. He's being worked on. So in the waiting period, you find that every, like, the, the, the people who need to be in your, help to, in your life to help you get to the dream are being worked on by God. Saul had to gain a bad enough reputation. Again, hear this one. Saul had to gain a bad enough reputation so that his impact as Paul would be massive. Saul needed, Saul needed, Saul needed, Saul needed, Saul needed, Paul, Paul needed a testimony big enough that when he finally walks into ministry, he gets the attention of everybody in the room. Because everyone's like, okay, whoa, is this a guy who was killing us before? What is he doing here? 
So then he has the attention of everybody. Are we following? So most times as we wait, as we wait on God, you find that the people who are helping us, the people who are supposed to help us, are being worked on. Third point. Third point. As, so as you're interpreting dreams and as you're waiting, the third thing that God showed me we have to do is we have to be bold and confident. It's impossible from, to get to dream from now by being, without being bold. You look at a story of, um, again, most times when you read the Bible, you can just look at it in this perspective. Trust me, it will super bless your life. So, <laughs> so, you look at, you know, Jesus walking on water, right? So, we go into this part of scripture where Jesus prays all night on the mountains and he comes and he's now walking on water. And then Peter says, Lord, if it is actually you, you know, bid me, command me that I may come. And God says, and Jesus says, okay, you know what, come. So, in this scenario, we have, we have like a little dilemma here. So Peter is in the boat, and he has all the trials and tribulations and every bad thing going on with him, right? And then he sees a vision of walking on water. You see that too. So the dream is to be able to walk on water, and his current situation is, okay, I'm in the boat with all these, like, you know, um, storms and winds and waves, and everything is going super crazy. But what we find here is that Peter is able to just be bold and snap out of it. So Jesus says, come. And Peter just takes a step, and he begins to walk on water. So what we have to know is that we have to be confident. We can't do this thing without being confident. We can't do this thing without being bold. What I, 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 I always wanted to be an investment banker. And God blessed me with the opportunity to work for an investment bank. And um, one time at, at um, a performance review, I was talking to uh, my boss. I was like, okay, how can I improve? You know, how can I make my um, you know, evaluation better or whatever the case might be and he's like you seem like you have so much on the inside of you but you never speak up and most times we find ourselves in this position where it's like we actually do have so much on the inside of us but we we are timid for no reason like i mean big deal you say it and they say no okay like i mean what, what like what else could happen right you, you want to network with somebody and you want to, let's say, send them a cold email or whatever the case might be. Most times we are so scared, okay, what if they, what if, what, what, what are they going to do? Like, worst case, they don't reply. Big, are you dead? Like, most times we have in our mind, like some super worst case scenario when it, it, it's not even that big of a deal. So what we have to find is if we want to move from now to dream, we have to be bold, we have to be confident. We have to know what we are and what we carry and who we are. Man, I believe that we are going far. I know that we are going far. I know that, I know that the, I'm in a room full of grace. There's so many people filled with grace in this place. There's so many people who have a big dream on them. I believe that we can make impact. I believe that we can change things. But the only thing, the only way we can change things is if we're able to overcome the void. Man, I can't stress this enough. The reason why the church, Big C, fails to have as much impact as we can possibly have on the earth is because we don't interpret dreams. We are selfish. We can't wait. We're impatient. And number three, we are timid most times. We're timid. Final point, as I conclude, 
in this journey, I'm sorry, guys. I, I didn't plan for you guys to stay up here so long. <laughs> All right. So in this journey of moving from the now to the dream, final point as I conclude is we have to stay focused on the dream. The reason why Alpha or the reason why Omega will show you your dream or show you a small part of the dream is because he knows you can't make it without him. You can't make it without seeing some level of light in your future. So as we go through all the trials and the tribulations and you know different things are not going our way and different things are not popping for us, we have to know that we can't lose sight of the of the dream that God has placed in our lives. If God has called you to be a doctor, or God has called you to be a man of God, or God has called you to be anything, any, anything at all, you have to remember that you have to stay focused on the dream. You can't lose sight of the dream. You can't lose sight of, 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 of the, the vision that God has given you for your life. You can't lose sight of it. Because what happens is that if you lose sight of it, you fail in the now. And you're not able to move within the void. The goal is to move from your now to the dream and move and glide within the void. How you glide within the void is to interpret dreams. You know what, bro, okay, the one thing I don't get. Unnecessary competition. Unnecessary competition. Okay, so, <laughs> I braid hair. Chisum braids hair. Why do I have to fight Chisum? I mean, how many heads are in Ottawa? No, think about it. Like there's enough room in the market for both of us. Why do I have to hate on her? Why can't I just, okay, you know what? I know how to pray twist. You know how to pray carol. I don't know. So I'll help you. I'll teach you how to do this. I'll teach you how to do that. And we work together. We make that thing pop. Like guys, man, we have to help each other. We have to do this thing. We can't move from now to dream without interpreting other people's dreams. We can't move from now to dream without helping one another. We can't move from now to dream without waiting on God. We can't move from now to dream. Without being bold. We can't move from now to dream. Without staying focused on what the dream actually is. As I said, I believe and I know that in this room, there's so many people who are world changers. There's so many great people in this room. There's really powerful people in this room. There's people with great destinies and great dreams on their lives. I know this. But I've come to show you that if we are actually going to make impact on this earth, if we are actually going to change things, if we are actually going to make a difference, if we are actually going to move from our now, where there seems to be so much obstacles around us, to where we ought to be, we have to take these four steps. We can't do it without helping other people. Like, we can't. It's impossible. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.